guys, this is Cam and my trusty wingman. Melvin. Yeah. And you are tuned into the Soul Sense Podcast. We are back. Yeet, yeet. Ow. After a nice little vacation. Yeah. Two weeks to be exact. So we're just going to come in and, you know, just kind of talk with you guys. You know, we... um. The first week was the actual vacation, and then last week was really just, ooh, we just kind of had to get our life in order. I mean, I'm just going to be 100% because the preparation going up, leading up to the the, uh, the vacation, your girl was all kinds of stress and anxious and stuff because that was our first vacation as a family as all four of us so our oldest daughter is five and our youngest is 11 months she's gonna be one this month and that was the first time that our baby girl flew so you know there was just a lot of preparation that I tried to prepare us for and you know some of it worked some of it didn't <laughs> and you know we just tried to roll with the punches so it was eventful but we had a good relaxing time i think we all came back refreshed and inspired i believe we did i think i know i did yeah i definitely came back uh refreshed um you know i didn't this is one of the first vacations that we didn't leave the country that i did not uh, do a lot of work. Um, so I, yeah, I definitely came back ready to go, ready to jump back into the, to the heat of things. Um, it was a good trip. Uh, I think, um, it, it was a good trip just to see it, you know, it just kind of reaffirmed a lot of, you know, just the importance of family. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, for those who don't know, all of our family, lives uh you know mo in, no, mostly in uh on the east coast so tennessee i guess that's not the coast but on the eastern side of the united states but uh tennessee georgia ohio um we don't really have a lot of people down here close to us in texas so uh, a lot of our family members we had our senate family we hadn't seen in years years yeah yeah so i guess I would say probably, well, last year on my mom's side, my mom comes from a huge family and she, it's 10 of them total. You know, she's one of 10. And last year was a pretty rough year for her and her brothers and sisters because they lost two sisters within a six month period. And um, the first aunt that passed away was probably it's been probably about a year because she passed away in the summertime and then the second aunt to pass passed away like just a couple of days before Christmas and actually my parents were flying out for Christmas to, to spend Christmas with us and literally they 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 flew in they landed and my mom got a phone call from another sister that told her that you know that her baby sister had passed away so um, I just felt very compelled to 
you know, go to the funeral because I wasn't able to make the one in the summertime because I was pregnant around that time. But, you know, this particular, the second aunt that passed away was like that aunt that was like the cool aunt. You know, I love all my aunts and uncles, but she was the baby of all of the children, 10 of them. And so like my mom, she was so much younger than some of them that my mom didn't even grow up in the same household with her. Like she was grown with a family when my aunt was still in high school. So like she was close to our age, me and my other cousins age. So, you know, there was a very growing up, she was the aunt that we looked up to like the bigger sister. So like, I felt like I had to get there and be there. And when I went to the funeral, though, it was for a not, you know, for a sad reason, it was still a good visit with my family because like Melvin said that I, I really hadn't seen my family some of my family members since like my wedding, some before then. So it was like anywhere between eight years, six to eight years for some people. And so when I came back, um, cause I just went by myself, Melvin stayed home with the girls. And, um, I told him, I said, this coming up year, 2018, we're going to lean into our family, both sides, because I was like, it's time is like passing us by. And we have family members that as we were younger, we grew up with a lot of people have not met our children. They've seen pictures of our children, but it's like, we really are going to have to do what we need to do to, to, to spend these days and these years with our family because, you know, family members are passing away, you know? And, um, so that was one of our goals going into 2018. And I think that we've done a good job of that. Yeah, I think so. I think we've done a good job. Um, it's really been more for me. I've really had to change my, my focus in terms of like, I could just get so locked into, to just the day-to-day things working and all of that stuff. And, um, really dropped the ball when it comes to my family. I'm, I'm not the best example of that, but I'm, I'm trying to, to get better because like, like you said, you know, um, we, everybody's not promised. And, you know, I know with my dad now, um, you know, he's, he's still here, but, um, you know, I, I still wish man that I would have, you know, he's suffering with dementia right now. And, um, there, you know, I, I wish that I would have spent more, been more intentional about uh, spending time with him and having those conversations with him and telling him, you know, what I appreciate about him before uh, this point. Um, so, you know, all isn't lost. I still can, you know, talk to him and, and really just try to, you know, make sure I'm getting whatever it is I can get out of it now don't don't make the same mistake again but you know you can't go back and and who knows what what the future holds for people Mm -hmm. um so one thing I did want to kind of talk about in this um is is, uh well actually first let's talk a little bit about um what you want to talk about what's been going on just in life or or would you like to talk about just our preparation for this trip Hmm. let's do the preparation for the trip okay (laughs) so um you know one thing that that we that really jumped out to us when we were um just recapping uh our trip was just how much we've 
how much easier that that this thing has gotten as we've gone along. Um, this is kind of like a perfect storm for us. Uh, you know, we don't argue a lot over a lot of things, but when it comes time to uh, travel or anything that that requires us setting a bunch of having a lot of preparation in a time limit, um, it's a perfect storm. Uh, my natural, you know, demeanor is I'm I'm pretty. I'm pretty low key, you know, I'm, I'm, pr- and it can come off. You are low key. I'm low key. And it could come off as, uh, as, as like, um, aloof, aloof, aloof I think. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Kimberly on the other hand mm-hmm. is super type A Yeah. and, uh, you know, she could get worked up about, you know, anything sometimes. Mm-hmm. And th- the extremes of these two things are, are both bad for us, but, um, you know, it's just who we are. And I think, uh, what we've tried to do first off is, is really try to make plans. So I don't know if anybody else out there can, can relate to this type of dynamic in their household. But, um, the thing that we've kind of discovered is you, yeah, we got to plan for it. We got to make a plan. I was going to read a scripture really quickly. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it may seem like I'm, well, well, I'll just read it here. It says, uh, this is in Luke, uh, chapter 14, verse 31. And it says, uh, or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000 men. If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still long, a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Now, this scripture is counting the cost of being a disciple. You know, when you first become a Christian, this is something you should really, you know, look over and you're counting a cost, the cost of what it takes to become a Christian so that you can make a, an intelligent decision and you're not just going into it blindly. But I think that, that this is a, a really good scripture uh, to really on how we should conduct our lives and set proper boundaries and set pa- proper safeguards before, you know, cause we know ourselves, you know, so before you jump into something, you count the cost you you uh assess what it's going to take to get there um so i'll say for me uh i i know when the the bumps that i hit with kimberly during these things are really because it goes back to my kind of my sinful nature of just you could say it's aloof but really it's just me being inconsiderate of what's important to her because it's not just that I am laid back and I don't, you know, I don't get worked up over a lot of things. It's that I am, I'm not respecting the fact that she, there are certain things that are important to her and it makes her uneasy if there's certain, if there's uncertainty around certain things. So for me, counting the costs means I, I've got to make sure that if, if she's asked me to do something I'm take care of it. Or at the very least, I've communicated to her 
what what it is that you know what I'm my plan for whatever is, and I'm not just flying by the seat of my pants. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing you got to understand about me is I grew up in a military home. Both of my parents were in the military, and they ran a tight ship at our house. I mean we we had a dedicated cleaning day like you go to my my parents house now it is like spotless like what they consider dirty is like clean for everybody else and so I grew up in this mentality my parents I remember like my dad used to have this saying like to be on time is to be early to you know to be late is to be on time meaning that like you never know you got to be early. You need to shoot to be early. You don't need to be leaving at the nick of time and the 11th hour and stuff. So that was like ingrained in me over the years. But then, you know, I have my mom who is like this hospitality person and not because she just had the best, you know, home decor or something like that, but she really anticipated people's needs. So if you mesh those two things together, you got this person who's always trying to anticipate, okay, the worst case scenario or what we may need. And then also somebody who watches the clock. So in my regular day-to-day life, I watch the clock. I'm always aware of what time it is, what's going on. My whole day is a mental setup structure in my head. So like when we first got together and Melvin, when we would go somewhere, <laughs> we got married and Melvin would be like packing the day we leave. It's like, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> you know, and we used to get into like for real on arguments over like when this man was going to pack, you know. <laughs> and so, I mean, like, seriously, like he's a grown man, but I'm up here trying to tell him and dictate to him when he needs to pack his clothes. And so. One of the things that I've gotten into a habit of doing over the years is just really communicating what we are going, what's ahead of us, like our schedule, our calendar and stuff, because I have taken on that role of being the calendar keeper, the timekeeper. That's just, you know, because I, that is something that I naturally do. I've just taken that on, you know? And so when it's time to, you know, like I'm telling him, okay, our plane flight leaves out at this time. We need to get there at this time. So that means that we probably need to leave at this time. And I'm, I've am i learned over the years to like communicate that in that way and speak to him as a person and not like my child, which I'm still working on. I mean, I have not overcome. Uh, please pray for me because I have not overcome. But it's better to talk to, to, to work through that situation like that and have often, you know, consistent reminders, you know, because I do understand that my husband as the man of the house has a lot of things that he's juggling. And that's, that's how I look at him. It's like, he's thinking about a lot of other things and this is the, my domain. And so this is me communicating my domain so it can mesh with his domain. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, but to be fair, um, I have missed probably three flights, <laughs> if not more. So uh, when he's flown alone, because we never miss a right. flight when I'm flying. Okay, so so 
I probably have some childlike characteristics when it comes to being responsible and, and getting, and I travel for my job. So, um, there's really no excuse, but, um, I definitely, uh, don't come. You know, that's something for me. That is what I had to, to, to work on is, is, is not just affecting me. So, you know, this past trip, I got up, I made sure that I, I had everything packed up the night before, um, and really try to, you know, at least get, and I let her know. So when we're, you know, she, of course she was packing like three, a week, yeah. a week before, like yeah. I started pulling stuff out like a week, the, the suitcases were on the floor a week before and we were throwing stuff in. And we had to just meet in the middle. I had to let her know, Hey, I'm going to pack. Um, the day before. And so I don't know if I told her the exact day, but I communicated like I'm going to get it taken care of um, that. Yeah, I think I said the day before. Um, mm-hmm. Just so in in sticking to that um, in the past, I have done the communicating when I'm going to do it, but then I don't stick to it. Um, or like I said, other, just not communicating and flying by the seat of my pants. Um, and that has worked out a lot better. I think just in general, this, this could play out for, for all of our relationships is really figuring out how to communicate with one another and really figuring out what it is, um, that sets that other person off. Um, I'm going to read a quick scripture here. This is, uh, in Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter two, verse three says, uh, do and this is the new international version do no, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather humi- in humility value others above yourselves and and i look at that um as like a perfect illustration of the bumps that we have with with people who we are uh, we have relationships with husband and wife friends whatever um you know we're concerned a lot of times just with ourselves you know, and how things are going to impact us. And so even if we're saying something the right, saying something that is right, um, we're doing it out of a selfish uh, motivation. So I look at for Kimberly, um, she still uh, tells me, you know, hey, Melvin, you should not wait until the last minute. But she's doing it more out of concern for me being fr- being frazzled and forgetting things. And so it gives her more wiggle room. She's not, it's not just about her wanting me to do whatever thing on her time. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm not going to start packing a week early, but I definitely don't need to wait until the last minute. <laughs> and, and it comes off way easier and then vice versa. I'm not so concerned with, Hey, nobody didn't tell me what to do. I'm, you know, I'm going to fl- do whatever I need to do, blah, blah, blah. I'm more concerned with, I'm thinking, Hey, what do I need to do to make sure that I set her up for victory? I don't set her up to, to, to be frustrated. Yeah. And I believe that it's, I think we've grown in a dual way. Dual, D-U-A-L. Y'all know I'm country. And the reason why I say that is because there's a part that you have to work on internally and then also like setting your partner up for success, just like what Melvin said. So um, something that I do to prepare myself, because I spoke about, you know, 
uh, communicating with Melvin about like keeping him up to date about the calendar thing, because that is something like I said that I take on as a responsibility in the dynamic of our marriage. Uh, but something that I prepare myself is, and something I'm still trying to get a hold of is, um, really setting my expectations appropriately, you know, um, in the Bible, uh, I believe it's Matthew, right? Where it's talking about Martha and Mary mm-hmm. and, um, you have just this, you know, just to paraphrase that whole scene, you got Jesus is at the home of Lazarus, Lazarus and his sisters. And he has one sister, Martha, who is very busy running around, preparing everything as all these people are coming into the house, you know, preparing the food and all that stuff. And then Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, just listening to him. Mary makes uh, a comment to Jesus and says, you know, hey, um, Actually, it's in Luke, not Matthew, but it makes a comment. Hey, get, tell Mary to get up and help me. And, you know, you'll hear many women talk about the contrast between those two women, the woman who is busy, busy, busy and missing what's in front of her and the woman who is sitting at the feet and learning, you know. And so I know that about myself. I know that I have an inner Martha. So I set my expectations appropriately. And how I do that is, you know, I do what I'm supposed to do. Like, I know I have to pack. I know I'm going to have to think about, okay, snacks for my kids. I know that, you know, I'm going to have to check in and stuff. Like, I know those things that I have to do. But if I'm doing everything that I'm doing and stuff still goes awry, well, I'm just going to have to be resolved that, hey, it was going to go awry anyway. And in the past, how I would, you know, really deal with that is it would get me all bent out of shape. Like I'd be stressed out. I would be very snippy with Melvin, with my oldest daughter, because this was before my youngest daughter was born. Um, And it would just like the whole travel experience I would set a tone that was everybody's on edge, you know, and where we could be like just enjoying the whole travel experience. I'm up here bent out of shape over something that was like out of my power to control anyway. So what I have tried to do is like, for one, I I actually do pray like prior to any big thing like that, like prior to us going out of town, I was praying that I could get everything done that needed to get done. And God, please help me to be okay with what I cannot get done. And actually to focus on what's priority, the things that have to get done, you know, and don't worry about everything else. If time like doesn't allow, I I pray prayers before we have family members come into town from my parents to my in-laws that I can be able to have a servant heart and to be loving and to, you know, move at their pace. If I'm hosting somebody, they're not moving at my pace. I'm moving at their pace because I am trying to be hospitable. So that's one of the things that I do uh, out of a lot of things that I noted this particular time that I I could say that I've got I've grown in that area it wasn't a perfect travel experience because clearly our little baby got on the, the plane and she just wanted to talk you know like I mean you know that baby talk and like we thinking oh she gonna go to sleep no negative she ain't go to sleep she up looking at everybody you know <laughs> just uh running her mouth the whole time yeah. it, it, it's cute uh 
not on a plane. Um, the the uh, cuteness loses its uh, luster after a while. But, um, yeah, you know, I think another thing, you can tell me, um, you know, I think another thing that we've kind of grown in is just um, really knowing one another and, ex- you know, accepting one another um, where we're at. You know what I mean? And so I know that during situations like that, you can get you you are you can get a little short. Mm-hmm. Right. And we actually talked about it. Yeah. Um, you apologize. You're saying, hey, I apologize if I was short. And honestly, I didn't even notice it. And, you know, and I think what it is, is that I think I've I've learned to give you to to give you grace in Mm. in those times when I know that you know this is something that that is a struggle for you and I know that you're not just going with it you know what I mean I know that you're working you're putting things in place to try to be better and to try to set yourself up for for victory but I have to make sure at the same time that I'm not trying to hold you to this standard that is unrealistic because we only human yeah. I think um, sometimes something I looked at in myself is like I could have more mercy for a stranger than I can for you as my wife. Yeah, like, that's true. I same here. I know I do that. And I just jumping on any anything that that could happen. You know, if you ask me something and it's not in the most gentle way, um, just jump. You know, jumping on that. Instead of just being like, you know, she is obviously this is a a unusual situation. And that doesn't mean we can't go back and talk about it later and be like, you know, but normally when I make that decision, you normally like you did this, uh, you know, during the vacation, you came and said something to me after we got home from the airport was like, or at the airport. Hey, I'm sorry for being short with you. Um, And, you know, I think that's. That's something that that from my side that I really had to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so, just to walk y'all through like <laughs> the situation. So you got all that preparation, right? So like to just bring you into my mind. So like I'm thinking about everything. Like I packed two outfits for our girls and the girls and for some reason I'm obsessed with dressing them alike though they are not twins and so like I had just did all this prep to like I mean I I packed all their outfits in Ziploc bags and I labeled them and I had underwear in there for my oldest I had hair accessories for them and like each day had two changes of outfit like uh, like it was the outfit they had on and then they had to change the clothes. And so I, that I had, I, I knew how, what hair products we were going to use. Cause you know, when you a uh, family of naturalistas, you got to have your products. I knew we were going to be swimming. So I knew we were going to have to bring some shampoo and all those things like that. And I brought multiple, you know, uh, bathing suits, all this stuff. Right. 
We we uh get our we book our hotel because my parents they meet <laughs> that's we get into that part. So my parents meet us down there and they drove in because where they live in Tennessee, Atlanta is a quick like a six hour drive for them. It's not much, but we had to fly, you know. And then just the whole flying experience was what really stressed me out with my baby because she's never flown, you know, and I didn't know if you know her ears were gonna need to pop or any of that stuff like all these different things i'm packing up snacks you know all these things e- each of us had a carry on you know and so we get to the we get to the airport and you know you never know about the airport if you're going to be able to get through uh security and we typically fly american that i don't know why we're drawn to american but we just typically fly american and just to tell you we Okay, so I booked our plane tickets on like cheapoair.com and I never, I don't know why I did it this time. I typically only use those types of sites to just compare prices. And then if I find like a flight that's like at Delta or American or whatever, I just go directly to that site and I just go ahead and I just go ahead and just book it at the actual site. So but this particular time, I think I got drawn into the cheapness of the flight and I went ahead and booked it. Now, mind you, when I'm trying to book this, me and Melvin are out and about on a date and he's like, you know what, maybe you should wait until we get home. And I was like, no, because they only got these many seats and we got to do it right now. I mean, it's, 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 it's legit. Man, I booked them flights, y'all. And... I get this email from Spirit Airlines and I'm like, why am I getting an email from Spirit Airlines? So what had happened was the flight there was American, but it was so conveniently left out that you're going to go back Spirit. It was like in very small print when I looked at it and I was like, had I had listened to my husband and (laughs) instead of being so eager you know, and I don't, not to offend anybody that flies Spirit Airlines, but we had, Spirit Airlines does not have a very good reputation. I mean, it, it's just, that's a known thing. At the end of the day, you not getting, you fly Spirit, I like a deal like anybody else, but whatever they let you get off on that, that seat, they going to make up for it. For charging you for everything else. Everything else. <laughs> let's, let's, let's check out this, uh. I'm gonna play a video. Y'all be able to hear the audio. Uh, <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's your boy Jam on stage. And last weekend, I had the luxury of flying Spirit Airlines, which is the best, most fantastic airline the United States has ever seen. <laughs> what happened was I had a comedy show in Seattle, and the promoter booked me on Spirit. And I was like, sweet. I love spirits, the Holy Spirits, and all types of spirits. And I was just so unaware of all the perks that spirit had. Like the fact that you get to pay for a carry-on bag. Like, you know other airlines, they make you pay for check bags and Southwest lets your bag fly for free. But at spirit, I had the luxury of paying for my carry-on. That's amazing. And guess what, guys? If you don't pay ahead of time and forget and you carry it on at the airport, you get to pay $100 at Spirit Airlines. But wait, there's more. The seats, they don't recline. So if you're tall like me and overweight, you, you don't have anywhere to 
for two and a half hours. And that's why I love Spirit Airlines. <laughs> He's doing his thing where he puts it, where he gives a thumbs up. And also, it is so amazing nothing is free. <laughs> go to the flight we see we had already seen this video shout out to Kevo's stage y'all should go check out his page but anyways so we already you know even in the midst of that i just told melvin i eat that that's my fault i'm that's my fault okay? and i wanted to roast her so bad that's my fault and we had just talked about no matter what we go but wait a minute here go the thing man i ain't nothing it, i don't got a problem with Making a plan to go with spirit, but it ain't nothing worse than getting like <laughs> getting like uh sneak spirited, you know what I'm saying? We had the sneaky spirited, uh, and not the good spirit, <laughs> but and, and by no means like like flying any, like you know, if it were just me and Melvin, that's one thing, boom, but flying. we, but we. It was with our kids and, you know, anyone who has children, you want your kids to be as comfortable as possible when you're in shared spaces because, and even if you're just driving, because it's like, it makes the trip a whole lot better. But let's keep it real now. Uh, the re the, you did, uh, take some measures to, to mitigate, uh, our discomfort. So spirit, you gotta, um, you, you ha if you want to have your own seat, uh, you got to pay mm. every in order to have an assigned seat. You got to pay for it first. Yeah. So she did that, and it was like eight dollars a piece. Yeah. So the ticket price is up already. Yeah. But you know, hey, we got to take that L. And I did. I did exact. I did what Kev on stage did, and I did not pay for our carry on 
prior to, which is true. Like most people at least give you a carry on, you know, but no. We just didn't have a carry on. We no, took, we, we we had personal items. Yeah, we had personal items. They do like you let you take the free ones, but I didn't pay for our checked bags ahead of time, and it literally was like a hundred dollars for our t- two bags. How much would it have been if we paid beforehand? It would have been like fifty, fifty something. No, it would have been like seventy five dollars or so. It wasn't a lot. It's still cheaper than it would have been as much as you would have paid at American. So twenty five a piece. Mm, I don't even know if it. Yeah, I guess so. American yeah. is twenty five a piece. Yeah, I think it was something like that. A piece. You know. So anyway, so that's that was the way back. But so anywho, we get there. But if y'all fly spirit. It'll work out if you just plan ahead. Yeah. So it, we, it was a good flight. We didn't have no problems. Like he said, we didn't go in there expecting no no, no water, no yeah. snacks and all that. So we brought stuff for the kids. Yeah. So it, it worked out. Yeah, we, we, we came prepared. But had it not if had we had not known all of that, it would have been a horrible trip. <laughs> and it definitely cost as much as it surely did American, it surely so. did we had to pay for everything so anyways so we get to atlanta we get our car we get a free upgrade and all that stuff so i'm like oh, okay we this trip is starting out good we get to the hotel and my parents we here's another thing that me and melvin melvin used to work at the hilton when we were in college so we used to get discounted rooms and we got used to staying in Hilton properties. So we that's just the hotel of choice for us. But my parents, they they have a another hotel. They kind of stay where whatever's available. And they they wanted to stay in a particular hotel, the Holiday Inn Express and Suites. And uh we wanted to be near them, so we booked a room with them and the guy told me before we left that it was if you say sweet what do you think about when you think of a suite i think of multiple rooms like a, a living area and then a bedroom area and maybe a little kitchenette that's what i think of when i think of a suite well we get there and it's a nice hotel don't get me wrong it's a nice hotel but it surely is not no suite and the reason why we wanted a suite was because our girls are not used to sleeping in the room with anybody else. Like everybody in this house got their own space. Me and Melvin got our room that we sleep together in. Both of our girls sleep in separate rooms in the dark in their own space. And so we knew that all of us could not go to bed in the same room because our girls are not used to noise. And our youngest is a terrorist. So, uh, yeah, that's the biggest reason. She's a light sleeper. I mean, it's just, yeah, okay? We wanted to have a good time, okay? And so we get in there, and what they considered a suite was just a couch in the room beside the bed. So we basically spent the whole day trying to figure out, like, if we were going to switch hotels or not, and then trying to find one that was halfway decent but not too far out, not too expensive. And we finally found something, but we did have to spend one night in in the hotel. And really that first night I was struggling because I was exhausted. Everybody was exhausted because we had traveled all day. And we get there and my youngest daughter, we literally had to do like a makeshift tent over her pack and play so she couldn't see us. You know, we had to go to sleep with the TV off. We couldn't watch TV. And it was just, it's so anyways. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it, 
all of this, it don't uh first world problems. We first know. World. We know. We it, know. it don't it don't think we uh, it sounds kind of bougie. But uh <laughs> sorry. It it's not. We you know, it it cuz it's survival, y'all. Right. It, <laughs> These are the things. This is where I have come around to uh, to Kimberly because I back in the day I would have just tried to suffer through it, but um, oh no, sir! It was very. This is another thing, you know, another example of, you know, we just have to learn each other. You know what I mean? Because for me, I I can't say I could have taken it, but I would have just tried to push through it. But I know that at the end of the day we are not going to be our best the next morning. And our kids aren't. You know, we're going to, you know, the kids would be cranky and tired and, um, you know, at least making the effort to try to find something um, was worth it. And, you know, it worked out that we found a hotel was like $4 more and it worked out. You it know what I mean? Way better. Yeah, right next to the NBC Suites, right next to the uh, airport. airport. And you know, it just was a better experience. And it, there was no 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 loss because if I would have looked at it and everything else would have been way more expensive, then we wouldn't have done it, and we'd have had to figure something else out. But you know, Melvin in the past probably would have been like, you know, listen, you just need, I would have probably try to uh, give her a speech or something and try to change her mind about it instead of realizing that, you know, Hey, I am here. I'm her. That's I'm her partner in this. You know what I mean? Let's try to figure it out. If she's uncomfortable, we both uncomfortable and taking, you know, considering her feelings uh, more. And that's, Again, you know, it's funny, but it goes back to just at, at the end of the day, just trying to grow and, and learn one another and reacting to those things. Yeah. And on the flip side, like I was like asking Melvin, like, OK, am I wrong for feeling this way? Because, you know, I do use him as like my thermometer you know on some things you like you know okay am I being a princess on this am I being like because here's my like bottom line and we'll just move on from this after this my mindset was this I knew that we were going to be busy every day that we were there we had something planned pretty much every day and when it comes to my girls, my goal with them is to always keep them busy. I want them to have a, a very fun and diverse time, you know, on vacation. And so I knew we weren't just going to be hanging out around the hotel and stuff like that. So I knew that if my girls don't get sleep, we were not going to get sleep. And then we were going to be going into a full day and everybody would be dragging. And really what would happen is... One of us, and I'll be honest, it probably would have been Melvin because I am all me and my two daughters. We are horrible without sleep. So it was probably going to be him that was going to sacrifice his sleep. And that's not what I wanted for our family. Like I wanted us to have fun. I wanted us to be able to do things and stuff. So I'm like, okay, at the bare minimum, we need, I, I would sacrifice driving a little longer to get to our destinations because the first hotel was more centrally located to the things we were going to do. But I was like, I'll sacrifice driving to get a good night's sleep. 
And to be in a property that I know, like if for anybody who stayed in the embassy suites, you know that they do the little evening reception and they also have a good breakfast in the morning. It's just a nice facility, you know? And so I was like, I'll sacrifice to be able to get all this stuff. And so after that, you know, we ended up meeting it up with some college friends, uh, one of Melvin's line brothers, and salvaged the night, went out to eat, and then, I mean, we just had a good time. I'm not going to go into all the different things we did, but, you know, we had some good family time. I got to be with my my uh, my extended family, and, and it was just wonderful. Like, I just, you know... Growing up and seeing how I grew up with my cousins and to then to see all of our kids doing what we did, it was like a full circle moment that I, I literally teared up and just, I just loved seeing everybody. It really encouraged my soul. And my in-laws ended up coming in town. My in-loves, that's what I like to call them, came in town um, as well. And so we got to spend time with, you know, my uh, my in-loves. And I got to see all, like, my nieces, my nephews, who I have not seen in a few years. And it was just wonderful. Like, I feel like the goal that we had, we accomplished, yeah, you know. Yeah, like, we definitely. accomplished it. And it was, and then we got, we got back on spirit. And <laughs> we got on a Spirit Airline flight, but we were prepared. Like we made sure, like I brought, like this is how prepared I be. Like my my kids, they bring their own water bottles. We fill up their water bottles at in the airport, all that stuff. So we didn't have to buy nothing. I had our snacks. You know, the airlines let you bring your kids snacks. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, we ain't got to buy their stuff anyway. And none of us are really big people. You know, we're not big people. So we, you know, the seats are smaller. I didn't really notice that the seat was very uncomfortable. I didn't, you know, but I wasn't, I don't think airplane seats are comfortable anyway, you know, not the flights we've been on, but so we got home and literally all of us like zonked out and slept and rested and it was great. It was absolutely great. Yeah. I had, a. I thought it was good. I thought it, I thought it was definitely, um, <laughs> we had to wait about 50 years for, for the, the little thing, the little shuttle. And it was hot in Texas. Oh, it's so hot in Texas right now. Yeah. And yeah. So, so, yeah. But that was our first week. And the week after that, we literally just really tried to get back into the swing of things, you know, because prior to us going to vacation, my oldest daughter was in swim lessons for two weeks and that kind of threw us off with grocery shopping and all, all that stuff. So I was trying to get us back into a routine. And so that was, that's why we've been away for two weeks. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that is, yeah, it. that was the colorful story, <laughs> but Melvin, you got anything you want to talk about? Um, yeah, you know, uh, so I, I definitely have been uh, looking at some of this, uh, the, the news here lately. I've been trying to keep my, I can't really deal with a lot of the, you know, like last week we talked a little bit about the whole politics thing or whatnot, but um, there's just been a couple of occurrences here that have, that have made me, um, I don't know, man, just 
No, I don't have nothing to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to get into it right now. I was about to say, you're going to have to drive it on your on your own because I sure ain't been paying attention because I just know it's a mess. I don't know. But anyways. Yeah. Um, no, nothing nothing really. Just, um, hope you know, can't wait to get back into the swing of things. Um, jumping back into work and and have some good projects going on and uh yeah ready to got a new desk so oh yeah uh, you may have heard some fiddling around so we're trying to uh adjust to this new equipment setup and um that's always fun i am uh i normally am i'm cheap um Mm -hmm. and i always want to try to do stuff on my own so i want to build a desk or i want to do, you know, I'll never just go the easy way. But this time I did a little bit, you know. I still am, am doing some DIY pieces to it. But uh, my wife is like my uh, barometer on those things. I'm, I She'll convince me to purchase uh, stuff just to make life easier. Y'all, he's so, he is so cheap to a fault. Like, this man will go buy a hand-me-down, <laughs> second-hand stuff and be like, ooh, I'm going to repair it. And the money that he spends repairing it and and re- and keeping it maintained, he could have bought a brand new whatever it was. He, You know, Melvin is a, a musician, so we have, like, tons of instruments, drums, guitars. And I remember he, like, built a guitar. And it's like every time we were turning around, he was going out trying to get a part for it. It's like, you could have bought a brand new guitar for all this money you spend it, you know? So I just, you know, I was telling him, just go ahead and get what you need. So we, we ain't got to be worried about this. So, yeah. So that was, that was something. And anything else? Yeah. I do got like one little thing that I want to touch on. Um, well, I'll just kind of, you know, just, Set the stage and we can just chat about it. So, um, I want to talk about colorism. And you're probably like, what? But just just bear with me, guys. So, so our daughters, um, clearly they, they look similar because they are sisters and they have the same mama and daddy. But we do have one that's of darker complexion and one that's of lighter complexion. And they, something happened on Sunday and I've noticed it in other forms. It's just, it was just very obvious on Sunday that I was like, you know what? Okay. Something I'm going to have to be more aggressive in this area. So our youngest daughter is a baby and she is of lighter complexion and my daughter, my oldest daughter is the darker complected one. And both of them are beautiful girls. My babies are beautiful, of course. <laughs> of course, because they mama fine. But anyways, um, on Sunday, a lot of people were coming up to us and just kind of doting on our, our baby, uh, the baby. And I want to think that it's because she is a baby and people are drawn to babies. But the difference that I saw on Sunday was my, my oldest daughter noticed that she was getting a lot of attention. And 
she was doing things to get the person that adult's attention. Like she was standing in front of them and she was touching them and she was hugging them and like being over zealous in getting their attention. It was almost like her, her actions were saying, Hey, I'm here too. And you know, my heart started to kind of like cringe and you know, because it was very obvious. It happened on more than one occasion. And then I just started thinking that this happens often. And I had to think, okay, so what does my little five-year-old see? What does this translate to her? You know, all she can see is people coming up to her little sister and saying how pretty she is and how cute she is. And she's kind of like an afterthought. And that's Really, honestly, I don't think that's people's intention. I don't. But I think that people do things and don't know that they're doing it. And there's really nothing that we can do to, like, say to someone. There's nothing we can say to that person without sounding crazy. Because people really, their intentions are, you know, like I said, I want to think that people are just drawn to babies. But there's something in the back of my head that's like, I wonder if people are just doting on her because she's the light-skinned baby and she has this curly, you know, kind of fine hair. Now, granted, let's keep it all the way real. Neither one of them have my hair texture. They get both of their hair textures from their daddy because he's sitting over here looking like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pretty Ricky over here because my hair, my husband has pretty curly wavy hair and I'm over here with you know the 3C 4A hair which I'm proud of it's beautiful but my girls don't take they don't have my hair texture so they both of their like I said they're very similar you know what I'm saying so it's like I mean they look very similar they as babies they look very similar you know their hair texture is the same but like I said, again, I'm thinking like, how is this translating to my daughter? And it made me think like, I don't know if colorism is a part of this. I don't know, but I need to at least make it my business to put down any type of issue because what I don't want to happen is that I my girls grow up thinking that one of them is better than the other for whatever reason you know what I'm saying like me growing up when Melvin was growing up it was better to be light-skinned than dark-skinned nowadays people are embracing their like hair texture and their features and their body shape and stuff and so you know I, you know I just don't want to have no issues with my girls. I want them to be close, thick as thieves, knee high since the tree high. I mean, tree high since the knee high. <laughs> and I want them to be best friends. And so, you know, some, some people may be like, okay, what is colorism, Kim? So I'll go ahead and just give you the definition of it, the formal definition. And it's a form of prejudice or a discrimination in which people are treated differently based on the social meanings attached to their skin. And my, just to be quite honest, I just don't want my oldest daughter to feel like she's not enough or she's not pretty or she's not as good as her younger sister because you know and I just I, and I'm and this is gonna be something I'm gonna continue to just work on to a point where like afterwards like it it bothered me so much where I was like you know what 
the first thing that I feel like I can do is I need to spend some one-on-one time with my daughter, my oldest daughter. So I, I like, let my husband know, hey, can you take our youngest? And I'm going to go out with our oldest. And we went out, we did a little shopping. We had some lunch together. And I just was really engaged in her because I want to like pour into her love bank. So she knows that like, even if the world does tell her, because I don't know, like I said, I don't know. I could be just... I don't know. I could be just uptight about it. But if it is, you I do know colorism exists. You know what I'm saying? And I can't shield them from that. But what I can do is pour into their love banks where they're not getting their worth from society and they don't buy into what society tells them that they should be. I mean, they're already going to be dealing with that because they're a woman, but like, I want them to be the most that they are and live up to their potential. So I, I let, I talked to Melvin about it. Cause you know, I didn't want to talk about that in front of my oldest daughter. Um, and you know, I also had a conversation with my mother and I'm also going to have a conversation with my mother in love as well, um, just so they can be aware that, hey, when y'all are around, make sure that there is equal amount of attention. And they're the grandparents. They're going to like when I talked to my mom about it, she was like, I totally see what you're saying. And, you know, and my mom was like, you know, honestly, sometimes it's just because Fallon is the baby, you know, and that's really what it is. You know what you think, Mel? So, yeah, we talked about it, and um, I thought that there was two things that, that kind of jumped out at me. First, there was the the fact that, so when you took Farrah out, the thing that I, I thought was really good was you didn't just take her out to overcompensate, you know, to make her feel special or whatever, because we, we do that all the time. Um, but I think the thing that you did that was really good was – you took her, uh, you, you spent time and you really, um, you talked to her about her relationship with her sister, you know, and how she should feel, you know, like the importance she had, she has in, 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 um, you know, first off asking her, did you feel jealousy Mm -hmm. and, and have her, yes. She, and she admitted that, and then just delving into that. Like, I think first off, letting her get that off of her chest so it's not like this thing that's hidden. And then we can talk about it. And she's she's only five, but still, you know, just being open about her feelings and then talking to her about her responsibility to her sister. And I think I followed up with it um, because I've noticed some things. And, you know, I just really try to talk to her about this is, you're the only person that can do your job. You know, um, you don't need to be the boss. You don't need to be, um, anything, but her big sister, her yeah. protector, making sure that, you know, cause she's always going to look up to you and really just trying to help her understand the importance of her role in this whole thing. And, you know, that's, that's just the part about, you know, being jealous or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think on top of that, um, when it comes to colorism, I think we have to watch out that we don't imprint our own insecurities or our own experiences on our kids. But at the same time, we make them aware of what the world is. Um, you know, 
to be honest, uh, you know, I think God is like the, the great comedian because I'm very dark skinned and I definitely had a lot of issues growing up, um, being dark skinned. And, um, there was a lot of times where, um, I was made to feel and not, this wasn't something that I, I had to just, you know, maybe they were doing, no, it was very outward, um, I think uh, the Lord every day for Wesley Snipes. He changed the traje- <laughs> he changed the trajectory of my life. Cause I'll be sure had y'all yeah. pissed up. <laughs> but what happened is is because of that, I had developed really kind of like a complex about colorism. You know, like towards light skinned people, and mm. would in and definitely. Uh, I definitely have have made comment, offhand comments about light skinned people or somebody being light skinned or being emotional or whatever else. You know, I got frat brothers who are light skinned and, you know, we always making jokes and going back and forth. Everybody got a good Drake joke or whatever else. <laughs> and, you know, it's all fun and games when you don't think about uh you know, because we ain't had no light-skinned people in my house. I ain't never had nobody light-skinned in my house. My wife is the lightest-skinned person, and she's brown. And then my baby is born, and she is, you know, Kimberly's mom is, is fair-skinned. Yeah. And uh, Fallon looks like the spitting image of yeah, her. She's, um, she's, they're the same exact skin color. They just, they're light. They're light-skinned. And we had to have that conversation like, hey, man, we can't be talking like that. You know, that's not right. And we definitely can't be talking like that when we got a baby here because it, it can happen either way. You know, and I we think, would, what kind of comments would we make it? Like, we would be like, you being real light-skinned right now. Like, I, I mean, you just, anything. I don't even know, man. Some of, who knows? It like, equates I, to being emotional yeah. and petty and like that's what light skinned people are. Yeah, and in at the end of the day, my parents spent a lot of time uh, building me up to fight against, uh, like, be, making me very proud of of who I am in in my skin. And I, you know, I've got a lot of Nation of Islam people in my family, so I grew up really with a very tight, uh, you know, a very, um, I don't know, a. a a, a very strong view of, of my skin. You know what I mean? Um, but also with some insecurities. And I think those insecurities result in, in me kind of having like some shady feelings towards light skinned people sometimes. And, um, you know, uh, like I said, all, all that is to say is, uh, I have to make sure that I don't, um, put my, my feelings on my older daughter, um, and at the same time, I have to make sure that I'm building up my younger daughter and to, to make them understand, you know, as a Christian, we have to, as a black Christian, we have to walk this line, you know, um, and I'm fighting every day to really try to understand how to, how to navigate where, you know, really we die to ourselves, yeah. you know, in Romans, when it talks about hitting the water, you know when you you you're being buried with Christ and you rise again a new uh, a new person you know you're born again and so everything that was that was Melvin I should have died to but 
you know, there still are the realities of this world and I can't walk around blind to them because, yeah, we go to a diverse church and we can live in our little cocoon and feel like all these things and act like these things don't happen in the world. But when we do that, we num- we number one, we can't really help other people because we are blinded to the things that people are going to through. And number two, we're not really preparing our kids for the world that they're going to face. Exactly. And so how do we, and this is not something we got on lock. You know, I know a lot of times we get on here and we talk about things we're learning and things that we have a better grip on. This ain't one of them for me. You know, how do I, um, Knowing that I have a tendency to like I have to fight not to be a militant type of person. Um, how do I balance that with raising my kids to be strong, proud black women, which it's necessary, um, but also, you know, r- make that not the most important thing in their their world because Melvin now before being a black man was the most important thing to me um but now being a disciple of Jesus has to be the important most important thing to me while being a black man is also um is is a is a piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. so how you know you know just trying to figure out how to navigate that um and it falls in, in line with, with what Kimberly was talking about. Um, and I guess that's a long way of, of kind of explaining my feelings on it is I'm just trying to figure it out. I think you definitely did the right thing in terms of, um, you know, just the jealousy and the insecurities. And I think we just always have to be aware. Like, I think we just always have to kind of help our kids find their identity, letting them know that ultimately they need to find their identity in in christ you know mm-hmm, what i mean mm-hmm. find their because uh, that you know find their self-worth in in the things that that are you know it, just in that like find they have to find their self-worth and instead of finding um be, being made worthy by what other people say and think because we're always going to be faced with with those type of things yeah i'm gonna share something that like I'll give you an example. Um, Let's see. This is 2018. So I started, I I started transitioning my hair uh, back to its natural state in 2013. The last perm I got was September 2013. And from then up until May of 2015, I start growing out my relaxed hair and allowed my natural texture to grow in. And then May of 2015, um, I had my hair cut off. And initially, honestly, I was just doing it because I didn't want to perm my girl, my oldest girl's hair, because I only had one child at the time. And, um, but surprisingly and fortunately this whole natural hair journey has taken me on a on a whole journey and one of the scriptures that um comes to mind and i want to say they're both they're both in chapter 139 of uh psalm um in two different spots it talks about the one the first scripture is in uh psalms 139 
uh, verse 13 says, uh, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. And that's the NLT version. There's also, you know, you hear the scripture, same chapter about being fearfully and wonderfully made. And I think we can read that and we can think that like, I don't know. I think sometimes we can glaze over that. But like, think about that. Like nothing about you is a mistake. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like your skin color, whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're Asian, whether you're a woman, whether you're a man, whether you're short, tall, everything about you, whether you like it or not, was intentional. You know, like it's the Bible talks about how the hairs on your head are numbered. Like God knows how many hairs we have on our head, all of us. You know, so this is not of a person, you know, he did not make us like as an afterthought, like we took a lot, you know, and me being a nurse practitioner, I know about the body and the anatomy. Like we are a great machine, like a perfect machine. Like everything is fighting against us living and we still live and birth children every single day. So we as humans are not an afterthought. The world is not an afterthought. It's just too intricate, you know, for it to be. So for me, it started with my natural hair journey, but then it made me really think about all of my flaws, the things that I don't like, my big thighs, my cellulite, you know, whatever, you know, that I don't like. Those are the things I don't particularly like about my body. But you know what? God likes them. He made them, you know, <laughs> like he made my shape. He made me how I am. And so really the ball is in our court. We need to embrace who we are. So as a Christian, you know, and I, I can only speak fully from my position as a black woman. I can't speak from my husband's perspective because I'm not a man. I cannot speak from my, you know, Hispanic friend because I'm not Hispanic. Of course, I'm going to speak more about being a black woman and I'm going to try to learn more about my culture, you know, but at the end of the day, I do, I, yes, I died in myself. I'm a Christian, but that's not to negate the fact that I am made a woman. I am made an African-American woman. And so that comes with its challenges, but it comes with its beauties as well. And so that is what I'm trying to convey to my children is that, and, and that's really, honestly, that was the motivation for me stop, to stop relaxing my hair. Because I was like, how I knew I didn't want to perm my girl's hair. How am I going to tell them they can't have a perm and mama walking around with a perm? And I also knew that I needed to figure out what kind of products they needed on their hair. So between me and my husband, whatever works on our head, probably most likely may work on theirs. And so far it's proven true. But I say all that to say that like, you know, as we're talking about colorism and all this different stuff, you know, that is something that I am working through. It really troubled me because like, I'm very sensitive to that. Like I was talking to my sister today and I was just telling her like, you know, I know that I can like take things to heart and blow things up. Um, and my sister said something that was really good. She was like, yeah, I understand where you're coming from, Kim, but we know that it exists. So you 
are doing the right thing by at least being aware of it and getting you and formulating a plan, you know, because we all know the world is going to tell our children, the world tells us what we are. And we have to be so rooted in who we are. And that's really where I'm at in my own personal journey is really embracing everything about me. Like if I'm a person who, like I told Melvin, like if I want to, if I wake up and my favorite color is lime green, that doesn't hurt nobody to wear lime green every single day. But if that's something that I like to wear and it keeps me in a happy space, what's wrong with doing that? Why do we feel like we have to ask for permission to be who we are? When God does not even require us to ask permission, he just wants us to live. You know, we put standards on ourselves that God's not even putting on us. So, you know what? I just wanted to come on here and talk about that little black girl magic. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I just, it's just something I'm going through. And since we talking about life updates and stuff, and you know, one of the good things I didn't tell you about this, Melvin, when I was talking to my sister, my sister is my older sister and she is my sister is dark skinned. And so she, me and her were talking and she was like, you know, like I can relate to how Farrah feels because I'm the oldest and having a little sister come along and get a lot of attention. And she was like, and I was the dark skinned sister and you was the light skinned sister, Kim. So I can, I can, you know, relate. And I was like, well, Stephanie, do you mind talking to Farrah and pulling her aside and empowering her when y'all come and visit? And she was like, yeah, I am. I'm gonna grab her and talk to her. And so, you know, we just working through this, you know, and like I said, to some people, it'd be like, I don't see color. Well, I'm sorry. I do, you know, and I know that people, see color too and i just am a mother hen a mother you know a mother yeah. bear <clears throat> so you know i think a good idea for us um at an upcoming podcast would be to talk about uh, maybe bring somebody in and talk about you know diversity in in the kingdom you know because i think for all of us it it would do good to you know, how can, you know, how can we, you know, how can we relate to one another? Because I, just how we're thinking about our, ourselves, I'm sure everybody is going through their own little, little things, you know, and how do we all relate? How do we use the benefit of having all these different type of people together? Um, while at the same time, you know, like the answer is not just to make people assimilate, but in, how do we instead of it's just being diverse in color be diverse in our our makeup you know what I mean so instead of just having everyone to assimilate into whatever the the larger or most vocal group is how do you how do you get everybody together and how do you you know blend together and and make use of that diversity but um we can, you know, we'll dig into the scriptures a little bit and, you know, anybody listening here definitely do the same and, and feel free to, to get on any of our social media and, and give us some feedback and, you know, yeah, we'll give us some, some pointers and places we can look and we'll definitely check them out. You want to give the social media stuff there? Yep. So on Instagram, we are um, at Soul Sense Podcast. On uh, Facebook, Soul Sense Podcast as well. And on Twitter, it's Soul Sense S O C. 
And that stands for Soul Sense Society. So Soul Sense S-O-C, that's our Twitter handle. Honestly, you're going to get more of traffic with us and more attention with us through Instagram. So check us out on Soul Sense Podcast at Soul Sense Podcast. And anything else before I log us out? No, that's it, man. All right, guys. This is Kim and this is my trusty wingman, Melvin, my loving husband that I love so much. Anyways, you've just listened to the Soul Sense Podcast. Holla. Holla.